0: It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop. With me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. And, uh, yes, we are in the car again. <laughs> How's it going, Ryan?
1: I just, uh, don't know how we always end up in these situations well, on the highway. Highway Disputed is back. Part two, I think, this is the second edition of uh, the podcast in the car. Uh, I don't know how it's gonna sound being on a busy highway, but you know, we're, we're here, you're listening, so uh, you're stuck with us.
0: Yeah, we are uh, on our way to Camden Yards to watch the uh, the red hot, well I guess before yesterday, <laughs> uh, Baltimore Orioles. Well, hey,
1: they've, they've won eight of nine games. We don't have to say
0: which was the loss and how
1: recent it was, but they they're winners of eight of nine. They're... You know, I'd i I'd still say they're probably the hottest team in baseball. Facing the, a very good Dodgers team. Um, they're they're just looking to get on track tonight, you know. We got a last night was a weird game. Um, Grayson Rodriguez made his his return. He looked pretty solid. Uh just kinda ran out of gas a little early there in the fifth inning and you know, that Orioles middle middle of the bullpen, middle relievers are are not very good, so just one of those games, but we're going to get back on track tonight. I will, uh, I'll intervene if it doesn't go the way
0: I want. Right, yeah, I think that's kind of the main thing is the bullpen is just there's two guys that are great, <laughs> and like the rest of them is just, oh boy, what are we doing? It's so hit
1: or miss, and it's like some of them just kind of, they scrape by they they do well enough to stay on the team and not be like an obvious we need to option this guy or like or DFA this guy, um, but then there are the couple that that manage to stick around like they just have a good outing like every once every couple weeks uh, and they do just enough to to hang on the roster and it's clearly not enough, you know like if if this team was perfectly fine with being a wild card team then. You know that that it it is what it is, and you roll with it. But like the starting pitching has really started to come on. Like we have a pretty good sample size from, especially like Kyle Bradish, Tyler Wells of being really good. You've seen flashes from Dean Kramer, like there. Grayson Rodriguez, you assume is going to come on and at least be able to give you five good innings, a start at at least, because he seems to have kind of worked out some of the kinks there, so starting pitching, you know, if, if you can work out a good deal, I'd say go after a starting pitcher, because it, it never hurts to have one. You always need that depth, but the bullpen is, is like, by far the most glaring flaw on the entire team. Like, it's not even close when you say, what well, what does this team need help with? It's it's bullpen help, because, like you said, they have two good pitchers. I mean, Felix Bautista is an elite closer, like, you can make oh, oh, your, yeah. like, like make a solid argument he's the best closer in baseball Uh, Yenir Cano had a historic start hasn't been as good since but is still the second best (laughs) reliever on the team and so after that it's like you have nobody who if you're in a tie game or a one run game in the playoffs especially on the road you don't trust a single one of them to come in like you don't sit down and go "All right, I think we can get a clean inning here you don't have any of that and you look back yeah. to the last time the Orioles were successful, and Zach Burton was the closer, was amazing. And then before him, they traded for they traded for him during the season. Andrew Miller, elite guy in the eighth inning. Um, I mean, <laughs> even with his half season with the Orioles, one of the best Orioles relievers in the last ten years. Um, and was that
0: that they had still had Darren O'Day at that and time, they still right? Had
1: Darren? I mean, when you have Darren O'Day was still really good at the time as your sixth or seventh inning guy. Like that that tells you the depth they had. And then I, I think Brad Brock was, was on that team as well. That was his first year really making his mark. And so when you, you think those are four really good consistent relievers, your starters had to go five innings. And if they went more than five innings, you were pretty much guaranteed a win at that point, assuming your offense scores, you know, four or five runs. And right now we're not in that spot your starters kind of need to go 7 for you to feel really confident in your pitching staff on the night so you put that together it's, it's just not going to work in the playoffs i mean you're going to face a really good team every single night and it showed itself last night and it's you know the dodgers came out and just kind of got you know you get a couple guys on against the starter they they get tired it's like okay bring in the the bullpen and what does the bullpen do? They allow both runs to score, and then two more on top of that, and suddenly you're down two runs. And so it's like you can't, you just can't do that every night because you're going to face teams like the Dodgers every night in the playoffs. And that should be the goal for this team. We're not talking about you know winning games here and there. I mean, you you should be building for something bigger here because you have what you need to go win the division. Yeah, it's
0: it's. I mean, they're. Only, what, did the Rays win last night? Are they two back the two games back? So
1: the, uh, thankful for the, the Texas Rangers last night who won the game on a walk-off wild pitch to beat the Rays, <laughs> so the Rays are one game ahead, um, and so now, right now, we're, we're looking at a situation where if the Orioles can win tonight and the Rays lose to the Texas Rangers who are starting Nate Valdi who almost started the All-Star game. Um, The Orioles should be in prime position to be in first place at the end of the night. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Orioles and Dodgers, both really good teams. Rays and Rangers, both really good teams. But um, I think with with this series, with the the Orioles and the Rays, who are then going to face each other this weekend, I think we're officially into the scoreboard watching season uh, a little bit early here because... Um, yeah, middle of July. We're, we're already into it. I mean, I check the scores every night, you know, just casually, but uh, really starting, it was, it was as soon as we came out of the All-Star break, the way the O's were on that winning streak. Um, I, I'm just, I'm into it every night, keeping up with the scores, particularly the Rays. You know, I'm keeping an eye on the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, make sure they're not too crazy. The Astros are hanging in there in second place in the in the West there, fighting for a wild card spot. But, I mean, as it stands, the Orioles have, uh want to say, a four-game cushion on the next wild card team, which is, I, I think at the moment, it's the Blue Jays. I think you're right. And then they're only a game out of first. So, you know, eye on the prize here. And especially, I mean, we can scoreboard watch this series all we want, but... I mean, you have four against Tampa coming up Thursday through Sunday, and that's going to be pivotal. I mean, if either one of those teams takes three out of four in that series, you're looking at a huge swing, especially when you consider with the new scheduling format in baseball, you're not going to face your division teams, you know, <laughs> 50 times each, basically.
0: <laughs> right. It's just, it does feel like they need like one more starter, one more reliever, and they have the prospects to go and get them. Because right now you're just relying on your offense so much, which it's a great offense. It's, I mean, Adley Rutschman and, uh, you know, Gunner's been great. And Mullins and Hayes, you know, Mullins is, you know, banged up right now. But just, and the likes of, you know, guys up and down the lineup. Even Adam Frazier, what, had a two-home run run game the other night. uh, And they just need those extra guys. And they have the prospects to go get them. Like you don't need to give up Jackson holiday for, for somebody you don't need to even probably give up Heston Kerstad for anybody no. you can go. And uh, I, I've, the guys that I kind of pointed out or like zeroed in on are Kobe Mayo, Joey Ortiz, Connor Norby, S- Samuel Basayo, which is like Basayo a catcher. You have Adley Rutschman. You don't need, you don't need Basayo right you have Joey Ortiz who's a shortstop and Connor Norby who's a second baseman and these are all top 100 prospects uh in I think baseball America and the MLB pipeline um your middle infield is set already you've got Jackson Holiday you've got Gunnar Henderson you've got Jordan Westbrook you don't Really need all of those guys. You could argue maybe keep Kobe Mayo because he could play first base, and maybe Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan O'Hearn aren't the answers. But Joey Ortiz and and Norby, especially, it's like, and Basayo, it's like we we have our prospects and our major league guys at those positions. And I mean, look at the
1: team right now. You know, I understand this mindset that, you know, a lot of fans have had for several years now. Of saying, well, we need to keep our prospects because they're going to grow into major league talent. And they're going to carry this team, but where where's the where's the room at? Like the roster is pretty filled out at the moment, and any holes you may or may not create by trading a couple of these guys, that's that's what free agency's for. And if your team is not going to spend any money in free agency, which the Orioles have shown they haven't, like. Th- then that's a bigger issue there. That's a bigger competitive issue you're going to have long term. So at that point, it's like, how much can we really worry about the trade deadline? But like, right. it, it, it's not going to take, especially when you talk about reliever rentals, like half a season. That's not going to take much. Half a season of a guy who's going to pitch, you know, what, 40, 50 innings for you at, at most. Yeah. That's not, y- you can give up a top 20 prospect or two from your own organization. And you can get out of that with a good reliever who's going to push you further and win you a couple more games to get rid of a guy who wasn't going to see the major league roster ever. (laughs) And so it's like, when you think of that trade off, go ahead. Like who cares at this point? We have the guys we need up here. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, there's still so like you could you could really be aggressive at this deadline and still have so many guys in, in the, down on the farm waiting to come up and get their shot if, if it if it happens and so i i don't see the issue it, you know you can make all the arguments you want about starting pitching whether we need it or we don't what you're willing to give up i get that but when you're talking about reliever rentals you can go get two good relief pitchers at this deadline and not give up any of your top five
0: prospects definitely. That's what like,
1: packages are for. That's why you can send multiple players, like send them three, four guys. Maybe one of them ends up being good for the other team, but if it advances you a, a playoff position, like you go for it.
0: Yeah, and I think there's there's just I like we said, there's the roster's pretty filled out. Uh, especially with those middle infield guys. There's just some at some point you're saying, well, we can't keep all of these guys because th- there's no room for them. Like I understand if you say keep Cowser and Kershaw because they're outfielders, and uh, you know Austin Hayes and Cedric Mullins and even Santander. Those are all guys that it's like, well, how long are we going to keep them around? And you know, Mullins, Mullins just feels like a guy that the Orioles will eventually trade. Yeah, it just it just kind of feel like for a pretty solid package, especially if Colton Cowser comes on. And Kershaw, but if both of those guys hit, like in terms of like being really good players. You're gonna see Mullins or Hayes probably get traded eventually. Yeah, and when
1: you consider the way this team operates, it, the money's gonna be the big thing there. Where right. you know, we can, we we won't have to give Cedric Mullins a hundred million dollars when we can trade him, get two guys back and that, two three guys back, and then. You know, we feel like Kowser at his, at his dollar value, is more valuable than Mullins at, a, at $100 million for X amount of years. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I mean, you do have to spend a little money here and there. It's worth it to keep guys around like that. Just for, I mean, when you, when you get out of the analytics and the, the stats and just kind of look at it from a human perspective, it is worth it to have a guy like Mullins around who was there through the rebuild, who was a leader on this team. You're, you talk, like, just being a center fielder, you're kind of the general out there. Like, that, there is value in that. And as long as Mullins doesn't, you know, hit a cliff here, I don't see why that's a guy they can't keep around. But knowing how they operate, again, that's, it, it seems like here down, down the line, um, we might have to see him go, you know kind of similar to a way a Trey Mancini might have left though at a higher level because I Cedric Mullins is a better player than Trey Mancini so we'll see what what happens with that but yeah for the moment I mean these guys are here like you have you don't have to worry about paying anybody down the road like this season is a really good shot um, everything's aligning the rate I mean just looking at the standings right we're, we're a game out here before tonight's games. The Rays got off to one of the best starts in the history of the game, and you're sitting here, and near the end, almost at the end of July at this point, and (laughs) you're a game behind. And if you look at that, that alone is just like, okay, we clearly have something special here. The win percentage is phenomenal. I just don't, I don't see why the team can't be aggressive. I just don't see it.
0: No, they, and they should be. I mean, go get one of the White Sox guys, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, whatever relievers are up in, you know, especially if it's a left-handed guy, you know, because uh, Cano and Batista being righties, then that – I think that would do a lot for them. You know, what would help a lot is if they traded for, say, a guy who's like a all-star caliber pitcher who, you know, let's say – They also traded for the league leader in home runs. (laughs) And maybe if that's the same player in one... um, The Angels aren't going to trade Shohei Otani, are they?
1: They might. Here's my thing with that. Is I don't think you should
0: trade him. As tough as that is. I don't think they're going to. But there is reasonable... like I understand why you might. Well, here's what's... I think it's gonna happen.
1: I think they'll entertain some offers, but when you really look at it, you're gonna trade for Otani for half a season, which again, half a season of him, you're getting half a season of a great hitter and a great pitcher. You're basically getting a full season's worth of player there in a way. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's still that half season. You're not guaranteed to re-sign him. So I think the Angels asking price would be way too high than what anybody's willing to pay especially if they're a team who knows that they might have a shot at signing him next season so why why give some things away when i can wait a half season sign him and my franchise overall is going to be better off because i didn't give up anything to get him other than you know the dollar amount
0: yeah because i think everyone kind of expects him to sign with some west coast team stay out there um whether it be the Dodgers or the Mariners, probably the Dodgers, you know,
1: they they always have the money, the Dodgers. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. Um, the giants always seem to be at play with these guys. True. Um, they don't have that rep. The giants have that reputation where they're not the team everyone thinks of as spending tons of money year over year. Um, kind of like the, the Dodgers or the Yankees and just paying for the roster. Um, but the the Giants have money to spend, <laughs> like they're not they're not a broke franchise. They right, they Say have,
0: it's they play in San Francisco, like not a small market.
1: They have that, yeah. They they give you the homegrown vibe, but I mean, after those World Series teams, you look at their roster and it's a bunch of names usually that you like. Oh, that guy, he's on the Giants now. Like established major leaguers, they're they're getting yeah. some money to come over. A lot of veterans that are that are getting paid over there. So um, that's always a possibility. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, you know, you always hear talk with the Mets because they're spending money just in bunches, but I don't know. About don't go to the one. Mets. The Mets, I mean, the Mets, <laughs> the Mets on paper should have been so good and they're just genuinely bad. Um, same with the Padres. The Padres might end up being sellers at the deadline, funny enough. Like it just doesn't yeah. always go the <laughs> way you think
0: it will. Yeah. They can like, even if they ended up trading Juan Soto or something, I saw that speculation from, uh. Ken Rosenthal, nothing, nothing like concrete or anything, but still, um, it, man, they really fumbled the bag with Otani, it's just, how do you have, the, that's what, what baseball's always fascinated me by the fact that you can have a guy like Otani, and it just, it cannot matter at all, because there's still eight other guys in the lineup, he can only bat every nine at-bats, only—he's only as a starter going to pitch every fifth game. Yeah. So that's just—that's all the impact he's really going to be able to have. So I mean, even in the playoffs, you know, he's going to pitch every fourth game instead. But that's—that's that's only two times per series. So he can be the by far the best player ever, like it kind of seems like he might be. Yeah. He and he's
1: one of those. And it doesn't guys matter as much. Where. With great players, you see their value maximized in the playoffs when they're performing because just less of a sample size of games, obviously, um, when you talk about pitchers especially, the way you can start a guy. If you get to game four, maybe he's on a short rest a little bit. You bring him in to close things out, pitch him two or three innings. You have more flexibility in the postseason with that. But the, the issue is they have to play a good 162 to get there and they don't have the team for it. I thought this year might be the year they finally, you know, at least get a wild card cuz I know the Rangers are playing really well, but Trout gets hurt, even before Trout got hurt. I mean, they're just kind of middling around 500 and like I don't I don't know where you go from here. So from that standpoint, maybe you do trade him just to get anything.
0: That's that's the thing is maybe if the writing's on the wall that you're not gonna re-sign him, he's gonna go somewhere else and you're not gonna make the you're not gonna make the playoffs, or if you do you're just gonna squeak by and not really make any noise in the playoffs, then do you just get what you can for him? I'm usually a proponent of that. I and maybe they should. Yeah, see
1: I'm I'm usually that mindset where it's like
0: But it's like clearly you're you by trading him you're now guaranteeing that you're not keeping him long term. Whereas if you wait until if you keep him around, go into the negotiations in the off season, maybe he stays, maybe he doesn't. Give yourself,
1: yeah, give yourself a chance to convince him and make some roster moves. Because at the end of the day, it's it's just gonna be his choice. Uh, Money is not gonna be an issue. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get the biggest contract in the history of baseball. Um, yeah, gonna be the biggest contract really in the history of American sports. So. From, you know, I mean, do what you can, I guess. But again, it's like the Angels just don't. They, I mean, and they've shown for a decade now with with Mike Trout. Mike Trout's one of those players who's good enough. Get him in the postseason, and you are going to see that that potential kind of be maximized. But they haven't been able to get there. They got there and they they 2014 have fourteen and just have floundered since.
0: They have two of the guys in moder- in like the modern twenty first century of baseball since you know Barry Bonds who, and obviously he's kind of tainted when it comes to this, but, like, guys who you can say are maybe the best player ever, or at least the best of the generation. They have both of them, and it doesn't matter, (laughs) which is absolutely insane. But when it comes to, like, the Orioles, because the MLB Network brought this up. They did a segment that was like, are we overlooking the Orioles as a candidate for Shohei Otani? And from the perspective of, yes... They have maybe the most young prospects to uh have to offer, especially of all the contending teams, like the Dodgers somehow always have a lot of top prospects, and they do now, but the Orioles have the number one prospect they have all these other guys they have the ones that are kind of up in the majors but not hitting their full potential like Kowser and Westberg and Gunner, they wouldn't trade Gunnar Henderson, but still, then you got all the other guys that we mentioned and Kerstad and all that, that, you know, from that perspective, when it came to, okay, a contending team puts together as much as they can to offer for Otani, the Orioles probably would have the best offer. Oh, yeah. Outside of maybe, you know, if the, the Angels wanted an elite pitching prospect, the Orioles don't really have that unless you, you know, you count Grayson Rodriguez. But I don't think they would trade him since he's kind of already part of the rotation. No, not, and you know the way they operate, definitely not for for a rental. Because
1: my thing is, if if you can create a scenario where you trade for Otani and you know for a fact he's going to resign in the off season, then I I don't think there's anybody off limits. No, you know, not
0: even Jackson Holiday. Nope. Not even
1: Jackson. As, as amazing as Jackson Holiday is, if you can get. Otani this season, when you know you're competitive, and then sign him for however many, you know, multiple years after, that is absolutely worth the risk there of, you know, Jackson Holiday, you know, coming up and being one of the best hitters in the league. Because at the end of the day, you know... Because, what is it? Otani is going to be good at one or the other, right? Like, what are the odds Otani is a bad pitcher and bad hitter going forward? It's pretty slim, like maybe... Okay, maybe if there's an arm injury, maybe he can't pitch as much, but if it's something he can still hit with, then you're good. Like, the scenario of him being completely useless is is really small.
0: Because w- when you trade a guy like, you know, the number one prospect in baseball, your your worry is, basically, oh, what if we trade him and he becomes as good as Shohei Otani? <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Yeah, if you're getting Shohei Ohtani in the trade, yeah, then it's like, well, you you've done it. You've gotten a player that good. There you go. Congrats.
1: And that's what makes Ohtani so different is that he can pitch and hit. Yeah, like, there, there's no, there, there's not a single pitcher or hitter in baseball where you would trade Jackson Holiday for them right now. There's there's not no. the one. But you would trade Jackson Holliday for a pitcher and a hitter in the same body. You would absolutely do that. If you knew that you could keep him a long term, which in the world we live in, it's you can't guarantee that. So, in in, in the real world, it's it's hands off. But you know, if, if we're talking into hypothetical long term stuff here, then yeah, I think you would. Um, I mean, at least I would pull the trigger on that. I mean, Otani—he's generation. Absolutely. He's gener- like we will not see a player like this in our lifetimes
0: again. I think the only question there in the negotiations is not who is off limits, it's how many are off limits. Because yeah. it's like how how many top prospects are you willing to give up? But you it's like if the angels are like, give us all ten of your top ten prospects, that might be like, okay, that's unreasonable.
1: And when you're talking to a player of that caliber, it's how many prospects and you know, we have some young guys on the major league level who are really good who have just recently shedded that rookie or prospect designation how many of those might you be asking for like are you gonna ask instead of for you know maybe instead of our third and fourth prospect maybe you ask for Gunnar Henderson for example right right or Or even like like, Austin Hayes or something it's like like, we're not we're gonna take less but we're also gonna in a way take more (laughs) and so you put all that together and it's like it's it's a lot for for we're t- I mean because we're talking a half season not even really a half season the trade deadline comes pretty late I mean talking August first is the you get deadline. two months you get two two months, months the and then the playoffs that's and I mean the All Star break was past the halfway point and so you go a, a month after that you're not we're not talking very long here
0: no I, I think in the end they're not going to trade him because they're too close to the playoffs and they don't want to let go of that like possibility could be wrong. I mean, we could get the, you know, July 30th and all of a sudden that we hear someone's making a big offer and a last minute push for, for him.
1: I think if you trade him, you're admitting it's over and you're admitting, whatever, you might as well trade
0: trout at that point.
1: Yeah. yeah, And whatever competitive window you had is absolutely gone because clearly it's not working with just trout with that roster. And I think you have to hold on here. Hope trout can come back this season maybe a couple teams in front of you get some injuries you sneak into the last playoff spot and then from there it's like hopefully we get hot that's the best case scenario here um worst case honestly (laughs) is just accepting defeat uh and trading them you know it's like i it's it would just be crazy as bad as they are to do that but you know and again i don't think they will i think the asking price will be insane yeah. teams are going to hear it and they'll say we'll, we'll
0: take our chances in the offseason um either that everybody. or they it won't even be like a sort of asking price because the 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 term being used right now is that they are they are listening uh, it could just be a situation where these teams come in and they're like this is what we're willing to give up and they go no thanks <laughs> and they say well what what would it take and they could just go, not that. Yeah. And then they just kind of hang up and that's the end of the call and
1: they don't really offer anything. Yeah. Hey, let somebody come to you with an offer where like you just can't an offer. You can't refuse. It's, it's what's going to have to be. I mean, someone's going to have to force their hand and wow. Someone just drove a hundred miles an hour through stopped traffic. That was cool. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh I got love yeah. the beltway. Yeah. But, um, Man, I totally lost my train of thought, but yeah, I just don't, they, they, they're, they're in a bad position. I mean, there's no, there's no good outcome to this other than sneaking into the playoffs, which I, I just don't see happening. Um, cause the team's not good enough and it's unfortunate. Uh, it's, they've, they've wasted Otani and, you know, it's not like Otani came into the league as like a 19 year old, right? Like his prime years, are are more limited, um, and they've kind of wasted some of that. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of it's kind of done for the Angels. Um, it's unfortunate. It's Jover. That, it's Jover, and they've. I mean, we're getting to a point where it's like you've you've wasted Mike Trout's entire career, because he's gonna be like the the Dame Lillard. I was just thinking that right before you said, um, as you know that that saga continues. Uh, obviously, Dame is not. A good at basketball players, Mike Trout is a baseball player, but still, yeah. really good player could absolutely be the starting center fielder on any team you put him on, yet th- they can't seem to win because baseball is the ultimate team sport. Um, and they just for the life of them cannot put a roster together. And so, you wonder if Mike Trout eventually is going to want out to win something because, like, they, they it's not even like mike trout is getting to the playoffs and playing well and his team's letting him down like they can't He's just not even get they're not there. sniffing the playoffs <laughs> ever so it's like what do you you got to do something else here it's just not working no
0: it's not all right we've done about a half hour here uh before my phone gets too much battery lost we're uh we're just now going on to uh, 95 at Ten miles an hour on the uh, on ramp. So it's the,
1: way, it's the only way to get on ninety five.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there is no <laughs> other way. Uh, this has been a uh, beltway disputed. Um, only less than fifty days until Shepherd football. Thank so God, we're almost there. <laughs> Finally, go Rams.